Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, one and all. This is Baka Bites, a show where we talk about what we are watching this week in anime. I am your host, Frank Furter, and with me today is my co-host, misinformed, misaligned, Mary Had a Little Lamb, Magically Average. I hope you all are having a wonderful week. Uh, we took yesterday off. We had to push recording to today because yesterday we had some inclement weather in Texas and I had to take shelter for a little bit and I didn't know if I was going to lose power. So we we're like, fuck it, let's just push it to Tuesday. Uh, on top of that, I also didn't know if I was going to become an uncle because my sister went into labor. Spoiler alert, she did not have her baby yesterday. She had it today. So today almost didn't happen, but it is, I, ha- I am now officially a proud uncle to a nephew that I don't know the name of quite yet. So that literally just, just happened like It's just two called hours ago. child. It is child. It is a monster of a child. It yeah. is a large behemoth of a child. I didn't know but if you, you wanted me to say that, no. but we had no, conversations. Yeah, we had conversations yesterday when we were talking about the recording and Frank's like, "Is it okay if we push it back? My sister's gone into labor." And I was like, "Why do you even have to ask?" "Yes, it's fine, bud. <laughs> it's okay." But we were talking and he was like, "Yeah, this kid is is going to be big." And, and I'm kid, like, "Oh, the kid's early. The kid's like 2 weeks early." Yeah, but it's like because it's so big. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I was the, like, ki- the kid is huge. Like they I'm not going to say the weight, but the weight is just like the weight and the size of the head is just like it's above average. The way you described it to me had me dying on the floor. You said it's basically imagine if you had brain from Pinky and the Brain, you put brain's head on Pinky's body, and I about spilled my lunch everywhere. Like, (laughs) just the image alone. But yes, congratulations, Uncle Frank. Thank you. Very exciting. Thank you, sister and brother Kevin. For well, I guess step step. No, not step brother. Fuck shit. Uh, That's. I don't like how Uh, you (laughs) describe them though. Like sister and brother Kevin made it seem like sister. Very religious. Like yeah, (laughs) very like in no in the family. My brother in law. My brother in law and my sister. Thank you for blessing our family with a child because that will hopefully get my parents off my back and my little sister's back for a little bit. Uh, We shall see. But uh, speaking of best boys, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of an update on Ranking of Kings this week? Well, I can tell you this episode had very little to do with Boji and more to do with Dida. um, Because surprise, Dida's back. Last week, we had the epic battle with Boji and King Bose, who is, I guess, reincarnated in Dida's body. Uh, Boji defeats him. Huzzah! And all is well, you think all is well, him and Moranjo are basically like, let's go up to heaven together and spend eternity together. And that devil was like, nope, psych, I got her soul and I'm going to eat it for all eternity. And that's where we ended on just nightmare fuel. 
Om, which nom, was nom, nom, nom. superb. Yeah, great stuff. But this episode is, it was really weird how it was set up. Basically, like, Dida comes back after getting a glimpse through his father's eyes at, like, what him and Maranja went through, which it was a lot. Basically, he saved her from this village that had turned their backs and really stabbed them in the back, um, Maranjo and her mother, because they were sorcerers and they could heal and, and provide assistance. But these, the specific, I, I don't even want to call them like it's like uh, this certain town that they adopted them in were full of like these, like sort of like the bottom tier citizens of the world like they would steal and cheat on one another and were just not good human beings but this whole clan of sorcerers came in we're like we're gonna make you guys do better and we're gonna help you because we're magic Ooh. and they were like Ooh. okay well yeah that didn't turn out well because they just turned around and were like uh we're gonna kill you because some gods told us that they'd give us more money if we killed you so sorry not sorry so basically, Bose finds Maranjo tied to a post with her face ripped off and no Ooh. hands. Yeah, so that's how What's he finds mom? her. No hands. Yeah, and he rescues her from the village after, you know, because he's the giant slaughtering everyone. And then mm -hmm. they go on an adventure together. Yay! And his whole thing is like he just wants to make Maranjo happy again and like see a smile on her face because they, he went to. <laughs> I don't even know what you'd call this person, but he's like basically like could stitch together human remains into, you know, faces and different body parts and was like, hey, you don't you see this girl I brought to you with no face and arms? Here's a bag of dead bodies from the people that I killed in that town. Use them to do whatever creepy wizard skin stitching magic you can to make her back into a human. And the dude was like, don't like I'm that. not going to I'm not going to ask any questions, but OK. So yeah, so anyway, so Dina just like a gift horse in the mouth. Sure, I'll do yeah. what you want. Just, you know, we'll we're gonna let bygones be bygones. I'm not gonna dive into your past. We're just gonna settle that I've killed scores of people. You can stitch them into new parts. That's all we need to know. But yeah, so the first part Friendship. is Dida. Yeah, it's made in heaven. So Dida gets like a whole backstory through his dad's eyes, and it's very sweet seeing Bose and Maranjo go together. So sweet, in fact, that when Dida comes back and regains control of his body, his first act is to go up to Maranjo and ask her to marry her. Hmm. Or ask to marry her, I should say. So, yeah, that's that was the crux of the episode, was getting a, a glimpse back into Maranjo and King Bose's adventures and then Dida confessing his love to her when he comes back. So, well, very good. strange... Yeah, the, the the only intense part I would say is that that devil, we find a little bit out more about him. He apparently can grant the wish of anyone that beheads it. So, bef like, as it's grabbing Maranjo's soul, um, Despa and the lead captain of the underworld, they, like, work together to stun it and then chop its head off. And Despa's like, oh, I know what I'm going to do with my wish. I'm going to turn Oaken, his brother, um, back to normal, like back to human, not make him, you know, the invincible and vulnerable immortal person that he is because it's just rotted his brain. But then instead, yeah. instead, uh, Dida's like, nope, shut up. I'm saving Maranjo. And that was it. He's like, my shut wish up, is that I want Maranjo back to life. Yeah, basically. So... It, it, not a lot happened. It was a lot of just sort of backstory and exposition. It's still cute. I honestly it needed to slow down because we're, you know, this is the 11th episode and there's only, well, sorry, it's the 23rd episode for Ranking of Kings. Right. So we only have one more episode left. So I'm just, I was really confused as to how it was going to wrap up and it looks like it's just going to sort of settle. Like the dust will finally settle and it'll go a little bit more calmer as, like it, think as it drifts be... off. Not as extreme, but you think it'll be kind of like a, a setup, kind of how Jobless Reincarnation did. It's like, oh, this is where I've been left off. This is where I need to go. Okay, time to go. Yeah, there is a setup because the episode ends with with Desha, I think his name is. He's the king of the underworld, basically getting the rank one 
he yeah. he receives like the top rank amongst all of the kings. And that comes with, I guess, going into this treasure room for only those who have ever been bestowed the rank of first rank. Hmm. And that's where it ends. It's it's kind of like weird and ominous. So I don't know if that's setting up for just this next episode or that's setting up for the next season. But it I, I don't think a lot of questions are going to be answered in the last episode, but we'll at least get a clear picture of what's going to happen in the following season, I, which yeah. I don't even know if that's coming out anytime soon or not. I haven't seen anything. But God knows that Wit Studio could use a break. <laughs> After after animating some uh, some stellar shows in recent well, in recent not seasons, really necessarily get a break because I mean next season they're back into the thick of it with Spy Family, which I the newest yeah. trailer came out uh, over the weekend or Friday or Thursday last week. Oh boy, is it pretty? Oh yeah, it's so it's so fucking good. It is so good. Also, uh, just a heads up: the manga does have twelve volumes out. So, interesting. I don't know. Maybe there's enough for a second season. Maybe not. We'll see. But well, um, I'd be su- I'd be surprised if it ends after twenty four. Like if it's going to be just a one off because there's just so much yeah. left, <laughs> just not touched on. But it's still a great show. It's fantastic. Yep. Fair enough. Um. I'm going to go just real quick, Salarymans Club. Uh, they're, like, basically, they're training the, the guy who's just like, I'm going to rejoin the team. And they're like, okay, you got to train your ass off. He's basically trained his ass off, and he's better than the guy who plays singles and takes the guy who plays singles spot, which leaves him up for debate of where he's going to go. But uh, what ends up happening is... He's put on the doubles team with, like, the lesser guy, like, the guy who isn't very good, which we then find out is his brother. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that they were brothers, so that that's on me. But, um, yeah, they get put on a team because the other guy who was in that doubles couple was just like, you know what, I'm done. This is my one time I can get out. I'm out. Like, I've been wanting to get out and getting into coaching, so I'm going to just help coach. So you two have fun. And then that like the whole episode devolves into like I'm just an afterthought. I'm not good like not good enough to play or he's I'm not good enough to play singles and I'm not wanted to play doubles. Like he doesn't want to play doubles with me. And it's just like that brooding brother bullshit type stuff. So if you've seen it once, you've seen it a million times, it's just one character brooding for no apparent reason and then you know it's like no i do love you you're my brother and i want to play with you it's like okay cool and then they play doubles and then they're now they're doubles partners but um throughout the episode they're the main doubles couple guys um the young guy the new buck and the old buck the one who landed and had his you know x-ray vision from sniper elite on his leg uh the entire episode the older gentleman was like really uh be acting weird he would leave practice like on the dot instead of staying later he wouldn't show up to other practices and he wouldn't talk to his teammates and he was just this and that and everybody's like oh he got a girlfriend he's getting married he's gonna quit the team and you find out he's not getting married he doesn't have a girlfriend but he is quitting the team uh and that's where the episode ends is just like the young buck finds him at the train stop as he's about to go on like a a work trip and just the guy's like you know i was gonna tell you when i got back but i guess this is as good a time as any i'm quitting the team and then the train comes and then the episode ends so it's a it's a little bit of a drama it's a little bit of just like a it's a fine episode it's okay it's whatever it pushes the plot nowhere really kind of so we'll see what happens next episode um I also found out this is technically a spring show, which I find weird. It's yeah, really. Yeah, it, anytime I look up on uh, like live chart, the show pops up. And it's like started in winter, so I'm not sure what that's all about. But it's technically a spring show, so it'll end weird. in spring because that was episode like eight. I want to say something like that. No, was it really eight? I honestly thought it was like 
only six? Because it, it came out really late. For yeah, winter. it came out really late, but um, hold on, let me double check real quick. View history here. Yep, that was episode eight. Okay. So we got we got four more episodes. So I'll be talking about. I probably won't talk about this too much into spring because there there will be a lot in spring. I don't know. We'll see. We might we might touch on it a little bit. But uh, yeah, the episode was fine. It's it's not like you know. The show isn't like, oh my god, it's amazing. It's like, hey, I need to watch another show just to watch another show. And I'm watching this. Um, soon, that time of I need to watch another show to watch another show will be replaced with Planets, which I bought a, a copy of the DVDs because you can't stream it anywhere. Uh, or I have another DVD set that I really want to watch and I just haven't started, which is uh, Bacano, I think. It's a, it's familiar. it's like a it's an older show, but it's like a if you like Dorarara, it's very, it's a better Dorarara apparently. Like it, it's revolves okay. around mobsters. I would have thought that you would have started Soul Eater, but no, I'm actually starting that's to just read me. Soul Eater. I Ooh. I have yeah I so I put up a poll on Twitter as to what should I read next between Don Machi's Sword uh, Oratoria or something like that, whatever it is, the spinoff. Uh, Soul Eater and um, Vinland Saga and Soul Eater won out. So, but yes, Bakano is the show. It's uh, yeah, it, it. I've heard nothing but amazing things. It's an older show, came out in two thousand six. So this will be something that I'm just gonna watch on my own time. Cause again, not streamable. Have to find the DVDs. Found the DVDs through a friend. So we'll see. We'll see how it is. But um, yeah, that's enough of that. We're going to hop right into the big three, being Attack on Titan, uh, Sabikui, Bisco, and My Dress Up Darling. Uh, we're going to hop into Attack on Titan first, in which it was kind of just what we predicted a little bit. It's just like, hey, we're going to resolve the action that's happening on this port, and that's the entire episode. Yep. Like. Like that's that's it. Like not that that's it. It was a good action episode, and you know it's like battle tactics of oh this is happening. We need to switch and we need to do this, and the kind of plot twist of the engineers who are the ones that are able to pilot slash ready the uh, airplane. We're like yeah, like at best we can get it ready in half a day. Usually it takes a full day. And they were like, there's no way we could wait that long. We need to do something now. And so they decided to take a ship to the mainland and get it ready there. Because if they waited the half a day, A, they would have been killed by reinforcements. Or B, the uh, the rumbling. God, I can't even remember the fucking main plot point. The rumbling would have already gotten to the shore of whatever city and fucking trampled it all. So they're Dude, that's, like, that's my they're biggest, taking, they're taking uh, a bet as to like going to the mainland and making it on time, like being able to get more hands to fix up the ship, to get it out on time. I so, just, I mean, that was, that was essentially the plot. So, so much about this episode is frustrating because like, I would argue that, the the plot twist of the engineers basically just being like well, we we can't get it ready right now it would take forever and then being like well if you try to go get it ready now you'll just get blown to smithereens my thought was yeah so why haven't the jaegerist and flock just exploded that since they know that that's really the only thing that's going to be able to catch cuz they even they have a conversation uh, once they finally kill basically all of the Jaegerists, where they're like, I think it was Haji was basically like, yeah, um, based on the speed at which the rumbling is happening, which we can kind of calculate based on you know how far away the steam is that's coming off of the Titans, they have for sure already hit land. Like, they are traveling way faster than we predicted. Yeah. So we got to get a move on. And it's like, okay, go. Like, just fucking go. And then they're like, oh, but oh, if we want to get the ship ready, we should go to the mainland first because they probably haven't got... I'm like, I don't care. Just go. Fucking stop talking. Go. The whole, like, last three episodes of them setting up, like, the port town and everything, 
honestly, I'm like, man, why couldn't you just wrap it up in an episode? It's so slow and delayed. Like, and I, and it's really painfully obvious now that they're delaying the, basically the progression of the plot because there is going to be a movie. I mean, for all of you who are, who have been listening or have been watching, if you have not caught on to the fact that this is not the final season, that the show's not going to wrap up, you're blind first off. Like it is so clear that they're just drawing out these last, like I would even argue six episodes, seven episodes of them eating pies and fucking going (laughs) camping in the woods. Like it's, it's just, so that they can get to like a transition point that will easily sort of migrate into the movie. So there's not that weird awkwardness of like having to basically start the beginning of the movie in the middle of a sequence that was happening in the TV show. It's just, so I, I don't know. My thoughts are so jaded. I, I guess I, I get it, you know, but at the same time, I'm just, as a viewer, I'm like, God, it's so frustrating to be told, like, final season, everything's going to wrap up. This is going to be great. The start of the season's action-packed. Like, we get the intense scenes with with Aaron and uh, what's-his-nuts, the Beast Titan. Why can't I remember his name? Oh, yeah. We don't, we don't even know where he's at now, too, right? Like... He, they were like, oh, he might still be alive. We don't know. Anyway, see you later. We're off on our horses to go camping. Like, there's just it, a lot of this season from that point on when, when Aaron's head gets blown off and into the past. Like, there was so much hope that, like, oh, sweet, this is going to be a great climactic point in the season. And, and then, you know, the rumbling is going to happen. And it's just going to be great. And it's just devolved into exposition and setting up basically yeah, building up say, everything for the movie and i'm like oh god it just feels so awful after after the episode of where they killed all the titans in the mainland like on parody uh the ones that got transformed by zeke yeah after that episode it just it was all yeah i agree it was all exposition just it's unfortunate. Wait. It's just it is what it is. It's just here's the thing. People are so invested that they're gonna watch it anyways. I don't think a lot of people are gonna be like, I've come this far, I'm not gonna watch the ending. Like yeah. no. And the other people who are like, Oh, like maybe like, you know, this is just like another reminder of like, hey, go read the manga. It's like, no. Like, you can do that, but I ain't fucking supporting them for saying that it's the final season, the final this, the final that, and not being the final anything. Technically, sure, it might be the final season, but it's not like there's something after it. It's like saying the TV show for Eden uh, Eden of the East was the final season of Eden of the East. It was 10 episodes and then two movies, like, to wrap up the entire plot. So it's just, it's frustrating, to say the least, and... They're doing it because they know they can get away with it. That's, yeah. That's, it's as simple as that. And if they, like, it just sucks. And if they don't release it within a year, let alone this calendar year, boy, howdy. Oh. I, I don't think I'll care enough to see it. I'll just read the end. I'll, I'll literally look up <laughs> yeah, on the Wikipedia go. what the fuck happens. Yeah. Because, like, at that point, it's just, I'm not giving you my money. I'm not letting you do that type of shit. And... As surprising as this might be to you and everyone else listening to, I I will in all likelihood go see the movie. Like I do genuinely want to know how it ends. All of my anger and frustration and from this season, again, I, I come from not having read the manga. I don't know much about the lore outside of what's been told through the anime. Much of my frustration is is just knowing that everything everything past that point in the show that you mentioned with with the battle at the the bastion like the the stronghold basically everything after that point has just the purpose of it has just been to set up for the movie and that it just it's just been drawn out and for an anime because i i made a post about this on our tiktok too and everything and like the most frustrating part about attack on titan is that Yes, there's going to be a lot of people saying, like, just go read the manga. You'll get much more out of it. And I get that. But there are people that just watch anime. Like, they don't read the manga. They might not have access to it. Whatever, okay? 
as an anime, Attack on Titan is not that good. It is mid because it's built around just setting up these little building blocks that will never, ever, ever get knocked down until the very final end, which is kind of culminate into a movie. That does not make for a good anime. Like an easy comparison is is those that say like Promise Neverland season two, not good because it's not. But then there are those that say, well, if you go read the manga, it'll explain a lot and fill in those holes. It's like, yeah, that's fine. So, but as an anime, as a, as if you look at just the season two as an anime as a show, it's not good. It's the same for Attack on Titan. If you look at season four part two. As a show, I would say there's a difference between the two. But but the the comparison is meant to just highlight the fact that if you have to go and read or if you have to go and like learn on your own, it's not it's not just shown in the anime. It's not brought out through how the the plot progresses and how the story's told. That doesn't make for a good show. Again, I'm gonna emphasize show. I'm watching something for the entertainment of it, but. All I'm getting out of part two of Attack on Titan this season is, oh, this is just a setup for a movie. Like, the, the entirety of this season, past the midpoint, has just been to build up all the anticipation and all the hype for the movie that's going to come out. And that just, it's so painful. It just leaves such a bad taste in your mouth just watching it going, cool, I'm really not going to get anything out of this because I know I'm just watching the building blocks for what's going to be set up for the movie just it's not entertaining it's not fun and it's it's just not it's not good unfortunately enough it's not good yeah well we we have to wait a whole two weeks before we get the last episode of the season because they are taking next week off so they can align it with the anime convention in japan so we will be back on this topic in two weeks in which more on that later because we have an announcement at the end which you know is at the end of the show so um moving right along uh this week we're gonna go hop into uh Aka- no not akaboshi bisco i want to call it akaboshi bisco but it's sabakui bisco Sorry. um so we're gonna hop into sabakui bisco in which um it's the second to last episode of the season we got a better Attack on Titan episode from them last week than we have pretty much all season from Attack on Titan. And now we have a continuation. It just hops right back where we left off in which um, Jellyfish and Pau are driving to meet up with basically uh, Milo, who is with Grandpa, which I can't Jobby. remember Grandpa's, Jobby. Uh, Heel and Jobby basically after their fight with the the Titan and um, well long of it short the basically Jobby calls not Pau Panda Bisco is like Bisco's soul is inside of you Panda goes to fight the the big bad doesn't necessarily win everybody kind of jumps in to fight the big bad they don't necessarily win and then the episode really ends with uh, panda making like a last ditch effort by hopping onto its back which god the like the amount of attack on titan references this is just like insane like he starts at the nape of the neck and goes down his spine so instead of a cross he goes down and just like cuts a giant hole into this creature who just seemingly seems unstoppable like if we really wanted to get to the logistics of it, you have fucking artillery fire that can't do a dent into him. But, you know, he takes a simple knife and just cuts into his back. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Okay, sure. Why not? Whatever. It's fine. It is what it is. But, um, yeah, he basically keeps stabbing it and then just stops it, like, as if he's just given up. And Big Bad just fucking picks him with up from his hand, like, with his giant-ass hand and yeets him into the city wall. And you're like, well, he's dead. But wait, there's more. From the hole in the back of the Titan, out comes Akaboshi Bisco. Alive, not dead. With his left hand, or right hand. Left hand? Left? No, right hand. Right hand. Yeah. 
He's got a glowy right hand, and he is super alive. But he also is, like, glowing all over. He's kind of got, like, firefly syndrome around him. Or just, like, fire... Like, just, like, little particles are just kind of speckling around him. So it's like, is he dead? Is he dead still? And this is just, you know, the soul of him coming to say, Hi, Milo, you can do it. And the power of friendship. Or is he actually alive? We don't know. We'll find out next week. But I want to I want to discuss this. Like this episode was uh, there was a super generalization of the episode, and there's some details lost in there. But like this show's consistently been batshit crazy in a great way that I it's hard not to love. It really is. Like yeah. for something that's brand new, trying to make a name for itself. It is giving me everything I want. It's giving me the interesting world. It's giving me the interesting characters. It's giving me the batshit crazy moments. It's giving me the fucking crazy ass uh, villain. Like, this show has given me a lot from... Like, it might be all off the walls, weird, ridiculous, but, like, it's so good. It's just... It's so cohesively good that I don't care how crazy it gets. Like, fucking... You were on a podcast recently, uh, and you were discussing the show, and one of them was saying that Pau has this incredible ability to just appear out of nowhere, and by God, did she just appear randomly out of nowhere multiple times, and it was fantastic. It's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. She was on top of a plane, now she's in the back of a truck, and now she's on top of this giant's head, and now she's back on the truck and now she's on foot it it don't matter she's magical she's yeah. she can do no wrong the, the i don't know i'm i'm so entertained by this show it it's hard to put into words as to just like why something this batshit crazy works you know when we had talked about it last week and i i had mentioned it on the the podcast i guest start on which is um anime pass or fail by after the match, go give them a listen. They're awesome, awesome crew. Um, but I mentioned that, like, even though Bisco is so insane, like, it, it is, again, we've, we've, we've characterized it as being the most anime-ass anime, and, yep. and for rightful reasons, too, because it encapsulates, like, all the craziness of what anime can be into one show. But it's simple, in its plot and it's simple in its story, which makes it easy to follow. So you're not focusing on trying to figure out where the mysteries lie or, you know, trying to really get an understanding for the backstory because that plays so much into the, you know, the plot. You're really just watching it because you're genuine, genuinely entertained by the adventure, the action sequences, like everything that's happening around them within the world. So with, with how the the show's progressed so far, even with the ending of Bisco emerging from this giant robot slash humanoid thing and being like, sup, Milo, I'm back, baby. You're just like, oh, that's kind of expected. This show is crazy to begin with. Why not? Let's, yeah, he's back from the dead. Cool. This You're not checks. questioning. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> I, uh, when I was talking about the the Bisco on the other podcast, I was mentioning like you don't follow this show for all of the mysteries. Like, yes, there are a ton of answers that need or questions that need to be answered. Like, when did the rust? Like, what is the rust? Like, that's one big thing. Like, this giant Sujin, which again we don't really know much about them either. Like, which what they did is discuss rust? In this episode, they're like, yeah. what is this rust? Is it a god? Is it the goddess of death? Like, what is it? Yeah, I mean, like, it's been mentioned, right? And it, it leaves sort of all these mysteries around, like, the Sujin, the Rust, the fact that they the mayor was creating this foundry to artificially create Rust, too. You've got all the questions surrounding the Mushroom Keepers. Are they born with it? Do they pass down the the abilities through, again, just, like, like, a lineage of some kind? Like, how that's created? Like, there are a lot of unknowns. But... yeah they're less important to the show because they just sort of are naturally come out in the progression of the story. Like there's a flow to the show. That's again, it's easy to follow. It's very straightforward, 
but it's still insanely entertaining because of that craziness factor that you completely like are you're you're not focused so much on answering the questions of for the mysteries or like figuring out the mysteries you're just like what next giant insane psychopathic thing are our team going to come across next week find out in the latest episode of Sabakui Bisco like that's what the show is not Dragon Ball Z <laughs> no, not Dragon Ball Z. But they did on Dragon Ball Z. They did incorporate a, a Dragon Ball Z esque factor uh, element, which is the power of friendship. Really, is powerful. I mean, that's and most that... anime. Uh, that's not just Dragon Ball Z. That's, yeah, that's... No. <laughs> that's a lot. I was of gonna anime. say, if anything, the power of friendship is really one in tune with uh, Gurren Lagann. So... Oh, I was I was gonna say Captain Planet, but. Oh, well, I mean, you know, there's there's a ton of things that borrow well. the power of friendship. So, but, <laughs> but um No, yeah. I mean, this show this show is is incredible and I'm I'm slightly worried, I guess, would be a, a, an appropriate way to describe my feelings for this last episode because I want it to wrap up some aspects of what we've we've gone through, right? Like I, I either defeating the Sujin or you know trying to just like figure out what happened with Bisco like something needs to finish there needs to be a, a, a the feeling of like finality with yeah some piece of Bisco but I understand though that this is probably going to continue on into the second season so you still have to have some questions left unanswered and I get oh, that yeah. but something needs to wrap up and I just I don't know what it is because there's a lot left like there's Here's, there's a ton. Do you want to take a do you want to do a prediction as to what you think is going to happen or uh like do we you can. have a prediction of what you think is going to happen cuz I definitely I, have a prediction. I I mean it, the title of the next episode is like two bows and arrow I think implying I'll look that it up. I think it yeah it's something along those lines. It basically just implies that Bisco and Milo are going to fight together against the Sujin. So my prediction is that the Sujin's going to get defeated. Now, does that mean that Bisco then disappears since Bisco might be be a part of the Sujin since he was preserved by the rust? I don't know. Bow and arrow duo. Bow and arrow duo. Yeah, it's even more on the head with the fact that they're going to be fighting together. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're going to defeat the Sujin, and I think it's going to be some continuing on with what you said pr- previously because you were correct up until this episode that someone was gonna die because <laughs> now we have out the whole gangs back together yeah um, i was not expecting you... him to come back alive no no that definitely caught us off guard when we were watching it but i i think someone will perish now whether that's bisco and we learn about you know what it means to pass down quote-unquote the bisco mushroom keeper bloodline who yeah. knows like is that something that is there is a potential to do or is that just you know what Jobby said when he saw Milo like you know take up the reins and basically be like nope I'm going to fight and defeat this thing he was like oh I see Bisco in his eyes yeah so but I I I do think the Sujin is going to get defeated I think it it, that has to be a a piece of it if it's not then oh we've got (laughs) yeah We've got a lot to cover then for the following season. Indeed. Um, my prediction with this next episode is yes, they beat the Sujin. Bisco is a figment of, you know, uh Milo's imagination or, you know, it's just like the power of friendship. Like it is just the figment. But um once the Sujin is dead, Milo go or not Milo, uh Bisco goes bye bye, Milo gets recovered by uh go god damn it old man old man smithers can't remember Javi. his name javi i thought uh, you were gonna say think... gojo for a second it's like gojo no. satoru no. gojo from jujitsu oh he heals him with his pretty eyes <laughs> no anyone uh, can be healed by those pretty eyes uh, that they can but um i think that he gets healed by uh javi and Milo goes off and is like, hey, I need to look for this Rust Eater Mushroom and also stop the other Sujin from ever coming back like this one does. 
and goes off on an adventure as Bisco or as the new Bisco to as a new brand new mushroom hunter, whatever, or keeper. And uh, that's where, you know, season two or wherever, whenever it comes out, we'll pick up. That's a good prediction. Because, yeah, they did. I think they did mention at one point that there was like seven Sujins that are all offline yeah. now. And if the kids Some were living number. in one, if the kids were living in one, which I believe they were, yep. uh, that f- the Sujin that they're currently battling fucked it up with a laser beam. Uh, yeah. So there ain't no way that one's coming back. So we'd be down to five. So he has to go down and find five of them throughout the, the entire planet. That's good. Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I think that's you might be onto something there. I think that could I think make that, for that would be my prediction as yeah as to what's going to happen. And I think uh, as a bonus point here, I think Jellyfish learns the error of her ways and is just like, I'm going to join you. I can see yeah. profit with you. I can see that while times will be tough, I do think that uh, wherever you go, there's going to be something to profit off of. So I'm going to follow you. And I would you're go one my, step. You're, my, you're not my friend, but you, you, but I could see the profit. Yeah, you're, you're, my you're basically really. my piggy bank. Yeah, yeah. But I could, so. I could go one step further and say that I think Pawu would also join them, like on their adventures. She becomes the governor of the city. No, I think that one woman that's running the brothel does that. No, she knows everyone in town. She's got connections. Okay. No, I she think she can use I, women to her advantage. So I think I I would disagree. I think Pau becomes <laughs> the the you don't mayor you don't think governor or whatever. You don't think my prediction is is even plausible, sir? Plausible, sure. Anything is plausible. I don't think that it will happen because she stays in her hole of a of a brothel and almost never leaves. You don't know that. You know what she does in, the, in in her free time. Does she even have free time? She's like, okay, back to work, everybody, back to work. She's always concerned about work. Like, I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't the know. perfect mayor. They're focused oh, on work. Gosh. No, I, I think that that she's not a non-factor. If she were to be the new governor, that she would be a, in at least two or three more episodes of the show. The only reason I brought her up is because she's the only other person that Godforsaken City that I can even think of. I can't yeah. think of anyone else. But yeah, no, that's, it's, you're uh, probably right. We'll see. But um, I am looking forward to it. Again, this has been one of my favorite shows this season. Like It's definitely top three. In any given day, it could be three or two. Between like Demon Slayer fading into the background and Bisco just being this golden shiny thing that's right in front of me now that i'm just like ooh, is this my number two of the season i don't know stick the fucking landing and we'll see but yeah i i it's it's so fucking good i i love it but speaking of love twoo wove twoo wove we got my dress up darling she she loves him so much love 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 yeah, she little and Gojo really, really loves her, her or at least one part of Gojo, him does. Gojo, Gojo gave her the Gojo eyes. Yeah, yeah, but, yes, he did. Yeah, for those of you who have not seen this episode, spoilers ahead. But um, surface level, this is a very horny episode. It, but. It is it's not in the horny up, not horny in the sense of like, oh my god, everybody's horny. It's horny in the sense of just like, it's a little more etchy than normal. Yeah. As I just like licked my finger to, to like scoop the wine I, off of it I before looked, it dripped. I looked away for good, very obvious reasons. Um, I don't want to get turned on while we're recording. Ooh. This episode, yeah, it it was so weird. So. To, to set up everything because it it sort of jumps around a bit too so yeah to start a little yeah a, yeah just a tiny bit so to start it's... they're they're walking through town and it's kind of hot and they're like oh let's stop off at a, at a manga cafe and gojo's like oh cool i've never been sweet and they start reading and like just kind of relaxing and 
uh, Kitagawa shows him a manga that's like a four panel manga. I can't remember the title because it's super long, but it's basically about a, a manga, mangaka, mangaka, uh, manga yeah. creator. I can't remember how they're pronounced and how he ha- stays up all night, doesn't really sleep, but he's <laughs> tormented by this cute little chibi succubus that tries to, you know, make him fall asleep so that she can, um, we'll just say steal something from him. Um, if you don't know what a succubus is, go look it up first off. <laughs> but and if you're if you're a child, why the hell are you listening to this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If we should. Yeah, we probably should put that disclaimer in there too. But so then she's like, "Oh, I'd really love to, you know, cosplay as this succubus because she's super cute." And Gojo's like, "Cool, we can do that." And then he freaks out because he's like, "Oh fuck, the reference images are just from this manga." And she's drawn in such a way that I can't see what she's wearing. So this is going to be an issue. And then it kind of leaves off there. And then it's like, boom, he creates it. <laughs> you're like, cool. Uh, where are we going to do this shoot? And Kitagawa, and this, was whole, this whole scene is done through text messages. But she's like, uh, well, not at your place because it, it looks too like traditional. Um, we needs to be something based on like what the scenes were like in the manga. And she's like, Oh, I have a place. I will get it scheduled and reserved. I saw it online. This should be perfect. Well, this place is not a studio, even though cosplayers do use it to shoot videos and pictures. in. uh, it is a love hotel, which Gojo finds out, um, slowly we'll say, <laughs> It, Until, it wasn't when, when they, they got. I thought that it was when they got to the front of the building. He saw no, it. no. He because okay. he basically they get to the front of the building and he's like, oh, I didn't realize there was a studio close by. And then they get to the front desk and he's like, wait, why do we have to check in? That's weird. And then they're like, oh, your room, you're in room three hundred three. And he's like, room three hundred three. This doesn't seem like it's a studio. There's not. What's going on? And then they get up to the room and he's like, okay, wait a minute. And to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He sees a vibrator above the bed and he's like, oh, it's a love hotel. Grandpa, I'm in a love hotel. Please don't hate me. I don't know how I got here. I was tricked. Uh, help. Help me. And stranger <laughs> danger, enough, unsafe touch. Yeah. But Kitagawa plays it off. She's like, what? That's not. Yeah, you're right. It is a love hotel. And it was funny because she's basically like, I honestly didn't realize it because I just saw on forums from other cosplayers that this is a great place to take pictures and it's really cheap. And it wasn't until I went through the process of booking and getting here that I finally actually caught on like, yeah, no, this is a love hotel. Until we got to the front of the building, I realized (laughs) this was a love hotel. (laughs) Yeah. So that whole sequence was really funny. Um, But then, yeah, it's it. She kind of pokes around with him because he's super flustered. When they first get there, she's like, oh, you know, we can order food and stuff. And he's like, nope, let's just get this over with. Actually, better yet, let's just leave. And then, but his his very um, frugal mind comes in. And he's like, wait a minute. No, this place costs like 60 bucks. No, she, can't just let she, that money wait, go to waste. She basically was like, yeah, no, we paid some money, so we might as well do something here for a yeah. little bit anyways. Well, because he was all, he was like, "I'm no, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And she was like, ah, it's already paid for. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, shit, you're right. All right, fine. So then she put, they put on, she puts on the cosplay and they start taking pictures. And then he just totally forgets it's a love Before hotel. That. Super into it. Oh. Before that, she goes in to put on her costume and he turns on the TV to calm his nerves. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to talk about that part. Oh, we did have to. this. This episode oh, is extra horny. But basically, he turns on the TV and it's just it's just porn. And it was like blaring, and he instantly turns it off. And then he kind of gives like a look of just like, we are in a love hotel. Well, he turns yeah, he it, looks around. He looks and he's around, like, like as if to I? think like someone's watching him. <laughs> yeah, so he turns it back on and turns the volume all the way down like a real fucking quick like you were a kid trying like watching TV in your room and you turn the TV off before your parents come in because you should be sleeping. Yeah. Type of deal. So, uh he like turns the volume down. He's like studying it as if it was just like the video game he was studying or like any of the, you know, anything he was studying for Super costumes. tense, not and relaxed. He's just like <laughs> 
Yeah, he's just like, huh. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, he's just taking so it in as if he's going to, like, redo, like, <laughs> as if he's going to go home and reciprocate those moves yeah. somehow. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was it, that, that to me, like, it was just like, God, this scene. Why? But also, he is he is a lad of that age. Like, it's not wrong. It's really yeah. not. Well, so. and I, I mean, it. He comes, you know, his character comes off as this like super shy introvert, you know, obviously innocent guy. Yeah, but I mean, we had what was it, episode three, I think, with like the first scene of the episode is he has he has that dream of Kitagawa. Yep. And he wakes up and he's like, oh no, and he's like, look away, Hina doll. This will only take a bit. And you're like, oh my. So we've gotten like little bits of that from him. Well, did but he's he do always... that also this episode, thinking of her in the uh, outfit? The, I think like, it was... the, the video game character outfit? Yeah, well, and, and I know it came out in the previous episode, too, because that's when he was like, "I, you are showing a lot of skin. And yes, as you said before, a healthy amount of underboob, or tasteful amount of underboob does a lot to one's health. But I can't handle it. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, and so that's... he. He's somewhat like it's like kind of figuring out himself, but at the same time, he's always just super, super, super flustered around Kitagawa. That it, like he ends up just embarrassing himself, which is adorable. Yeah, but yeah, what this this to... took it this took it a Be... step further. Yeah, and before you continue on with the plot, like one thing that I'm very surprised is or pr- surprised about with this episode and kind of this kind of plot arc thing is that they don't ask uh juju or her sister to borrow the camera they just straight up are taking cell phone pictures instead which we've already established in the past like arc that cameras do make a difference so it's kind of interesting that they didn't ask them for a favor of like can we borrow your camera for like the afternoon so yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting that they like didn't ask them for a favor. Maybe it was just because they lived so far away, but like it was still kind of interesting that they just resorted to cell phone photos instead of asking uh, for a favor to borrow a camera. I don't know. Yeah. Well, these and the the, uh, the pacing of these last two episodes has been pretty fast because we basically have gotten two episodes in a row with two different cosplays. And so we had the video the game one character. We didn't even really see. Yeah. No, we haven't. I mean. Hopefully we'll eventually see it, but yeah, the the one we didn't get the opportunity to see because Kitagawa bonked her head and she's like, I can't put the wig on now. I've got this big cartoon-like dent on my head. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so after after Gojo finds um, his porn, uh, Kitagawa yep. comes out and she's in her super cute succubus outfit and he's like, this is great. I even bought brought props for you to use like things from the manga like i chocolates and some sleep face cover yeah um like an energy drink and stuff so they start taking pictures and it's great and they're doing all these different poses and he gojo's like okay for the last one because he had (laughs) marked the manga with all the different panels for like poses that he wanted her to do he's like okay for the last one i want you to do this panel which is her trying to like sing a lullaby to the manga uh the manga creator and she's like oh yeah that's perfect i love that and he takes a picture and he's like mm, no something feels off it's oh i know what it's the angle like i want it to look like you're telling a lullaby to the camera basically directly yeah directly yeah. to the character so in cosplay photography mode gojo jumps on the bed lays down he's like kitagawa Pats, Up on, pats, his, pats his legs and go, come on, come over here and get on top. We're going to take pictures. And again, Kitagawa in cosplay mode is like, okay, well, I'm no, not going to no, be no, too no. heavy for you, are you? Am I? She she does say at first, are you sure I'm not going to be too heavy for you? Like she is yeah, kind of but... bashful about it. And then when he's like, she sees that he's like, oh, it's fine. Like innocent about it. That's when she's like, okay. But she's bashful in, like, the, I would say, quote-unquote, like, stereotypical girl way of, like, oh, I'm not going to be, like, too heavy or, like, this, you know, I'm not going to be, like, 
you know, too tall or whatever. Like, she's like, you know, it wasn't like, um, no, that's weird. Uh, and don't you think this well, is a little too, you know, like, I think that's <laughs> because, I think that's because their relationship that like, the only thing that she's really embarrassed by is seeing the real her and just like real kind of communication, like real true words, like beautiful and pretty and like, oh my God, my context, you're seeing the real actual me rather than like here's the upskirt oh it's a swimsuit ha 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 like she's like i'll send you a photo of like me in the cosplay it's like i don't think that she really cares about like i don't think that she she's bashful a little bit in the way of just like are you sure but then i think that she sees him as being like no, like in that mode of just like this is Gojo mode. This is like, I'm not thinking about anything. And it's just like, okay, he's, yeah. he's innocent as hell right now. Like, there's no way. Yeah. And then no, it's just like, okay, fair. I'm going to hop on top. It's fine. Yeah. So and they take the wind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, as surprised as many of you might be, this is when things get very, very spicy. So they take the picture and it's perfect. Like exactly what they had in mind with her sort of like, trying to sing a lullaby to the camera yeah it's it's a really cool picture but then they i can't remember they, yes they hear their neighbors uh and the neighbors you know not surprising um are, are are having relations with one another uh loud enough for that to permeate through the walls and for gojo and kitagawa to hear which causes them to get flustered which in that moment them to snap out of the like we're cosplaying moment and we are two people Yes. So then you see the the really quick reaction of Gojo realizing, oh, um, she is on top of me, and I have my hands on her waist to hold her up. Oh my god! Which results in him going, "Get off me now!" As he starts to get hard, <laughs> uh, which is it. Little Gojo becomes big Gojo. <laughs> It like it, it's so weird how they did it because they hear them, they they both like stop doing what they're doing and they just they're listening and then you see like the, oh fuck this is a love hotel, oh shit you're on top of me, and then you the camera does this weird angle on like Gojo's lower half and you just see his pants sort of tent up and you're like oh for the love of God and then he, him go Kitagawa get off me and then he, he like grabs out. onto her tighter which causes her to freak out which causes the phone to fly out of her hand hit the light hit the switch lights. turn the lights off and then you just hear well you get to see like the bed springs sort of move and it just gets really quiet and they're both like holding their hands over their mouths trying not to make a noise like are and we it's okay? just is this fine are we yes. are we are we good but then this is sort of what I was going to talk about too uh, beforehand, but what happens is they both sort of like, they're like, well, we're in this position and they get really close and you're like, oh my God, it's going to happen. They're going to kiss. They they take their hands off their mouths and like they start approach, they start the approach. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's actually happening. And then the fucking phone rings and you're like, God damn it. But time on is up. Do you want an extension? Well, but Gojo answers the phone. He's like, yes, this is Gojo Hina. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, our time's up. Sorry. And then he's like, Kitagawa, we have to leave. And she's like, okay. And she does this, like, really cute, like, scoot across the bed. Like, I'm just going to take my time because a lot happened. And I still am processing it. But here I go. And then as they're leaving, they are getting into the elevator and a couple comes off and they're both Gojo and Kitagawa are super flustered and they're like, oh, okay, sorry. Excuse us, please. And the woman that walks off with um, the man she's with, she's like, no, they must be in high school. And that's so cute. They're so adorable. And they're just like, okay, that's it. It's over. I'm like, what? That's it? Well, before before it's over, like they show Gojo back at his home, just like smacking himself on the head, just yeah. like you idiot. But no, it he's looks like he's but it he's looks screaming like he's, Kitagawa. 
Yeah, it's it like, looks like he's bonking go, himself on the head with one hand, and it almost looks like he's masturbating with the other hand. You're like, is yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. This episode, this episode went pretty pretty deep with the, um, this Gojo's I guess this was sexual like inhibitions. Junior. This is hentai <laughs> junior. Yeah, just slightly. This but was, this was horny to the max. What I was gonna talk about with with you know what the most. I, I don't even want to say it's the most shocking part because everything that transpired at the Love Hotel was the most shocking part. Um, it was sort of the way that, because, you know, it's a it's a slice of life with some romantic elements to it. It was the way that they sort of set up the scenes for the potential first kiss. It was yeah. so awkward. And there was, like, so much sexual tension that you were like so thrown off by the fact that they were like, oh, maybe we'll just kiss at the end. <laughs> it's like because there was so much panic and just so much chaos surrounding well, the events that took place afterwards. They both like each other. They just don't know. Oh, that yeah. Yet. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't about the liking each other. It was the situation they were in at. Because like if you think about other slice of lives with, you know, the romantic piece to it, like, you know, the kissing scene happens with like it, it, it's it's a more. I guess light-hearted, less, you know, less sexual tension, more just like they it was the opportune time or like, you know, some some small event happened and it was like, "Oh yes, the kiss occurred." This was girl on top of boy, boy gets hard, freak out, and they're oh, by the way, they're in a love hotel. Like all the elements surrounding the scene that, you know, culminated yeah. to the potential first kiss was just it was so crazy that you're like oh my gosh oh and they might now kiss okay this is like the least this is like the most tame thing about this scene is that they're just gonna kiss everything else was just batshit crazy i don't know if they necessarily would have contained themselves if it just if they did end up kissing so it, yes thank you frank thank you sixth grade Captain health obvious. teacher for explaining <laughs> explaining what happens so in that uh, situation two really small points that i really uh that i want to just talk about real quick the first one is just not a correction but just expansion of what you said the manga that they were reading is called suck idk so there's that um but it's with, just with short for succubus right it's it, i did actually i cannot find the title of the fucking thing unless i watch the episode yeah we'd have to but watch yeah, the episode. it was, it was it basically was just a giant giant it fucking was, title it, it was yeah it, i think it was playing a joke on like manga titles these days because it was something like a manga creator that won't sleep is being tormented by a succubus who wants him want like wants him for herself or something crazy like that and then yeah it's just shortened to suck xd or suck d or whatever yeah oh, fuck the other one I, <laughs> it's so I funny oh that's what it was. The other point that we forgot is just a small little detail, but just still such a funny joke. Like, um, when Gojo finally realizes that it is a love hotel, uh, freaking <laughs> Marin, goddamn Kitagawa. Oh, Kitagawa, like, yeah. Hey, why don't we be like other people and keep condoms in our wallet so that way one day we'll be rich? Because that's, like, apparently a thing... It was yeah, just one of those like things it, it, that just like, hey, like, let's let's just like cool off a bit. They probably don't even have condoms in this room, and then they finally find like a little box and it has condoms. And it's like, oh, I found them here. Keep it in your wallet. I'm gonna keep one in mine. It's just like, what the fuck? It's just like her levity of the whole situation was so fucking hilarious, and just like that was another just poke fun moment at Gojo. It was a, just adorable, and I loved it. The yeah. show is great. And there's only one more episode, and I'm really sad. I know. Really sad, man. How do you even like? I feel like this next episode is going to be solely focused on the events that took place at the Love Hotel. It's like nothing cosplay. It's just going to be like them having the awkwardness of not being able to bring up what took place, and then the last, like you know, the last bit of the episode is just going to be them being like, "I like you," and then the the season's going to end. You're like, God damn it, now. I have a boner, and what am I going to do with this now? <laughs> it's not... Anyways, we're not going to get into that. But, um... Hey, yeah. it's a love boner. It's because my heart is just so full of love from the adorableness that is Gojo and Kitagawa. And so is my boner. My boner is full of adorableness. <laughs> That's not right. No, it's Gross. not. Gross. 
Anywho, thank you all for joining us today. Um, we ran a little bit over time. I did finish Overlord. It still sucked, but I will say at least the last arc was better than the rest of everything else, but it was also the most frustrating to me. I'm finally out of this hellscape. Thank God. Uh, but that Which, is our show. F- hang on. No, I just one last thing. I know we have to wrap up. I gave this boy so many opportunities to leave, and he just was like, nope, nope, I owe it to you. And I'm like, well, then stop whining. was going to punch me if, we did, if I did not finish it. So I'm What was going to be I'm worse, finishing Super- Overlord or getting punched? Finishing Overlord. I don't want Lobo to come to my house unannounced and just fucking throat punch me. That's fair. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a throat punch out of nowhere. You, and that's your lesson for the day folks lesson for the day don't get throat punched um but thank you guys for joining us this week i uh, hope you had a good time we're doing a little few differences in the next couple of weeks for our schedule uh just because the spring season starts in a weird time like it starts in like any show like some of the shows start in like as early as 10 days and some start as late as like 16 17 days so it's like kind of a weird in between do we start spring with not all the shows and go into it or what so next week we are gonna have uh our special guests on which is the entirety of the podcast group uh anime pass or fail we are gonna have them on next week they are gonna go over spring 2022 shows with us the week after that we are gonna go over the season finales for winter 2022 and then the week after that the third week so three weeks from now we will be hopping straight into spring 2022 whether it be an episode or two into individual shows we'll find out then but um that is our schedule for the next few weeks it's going to be a little different so stick with us hopefully you guys join us for those uh usually these overview episodes are a lot of fun um you got something to say but you're still muted so i'm gonna buy time what do you have i was to say? gonna i was gonna let you keep talking because i know this is the outro um well and then it towards the end of april we'll be going to pax so we're gonna have like a special sequence we're hoping of shows recapping our days at pax for y'all um whether or not they're gonna be posted here on the baka channel or elsewhere is to be determined but we will update you all yeah so that should be fun yep so until next week spark triumph we'll see you then hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Bacca! Bacca, no, no.